0: Well, so we're continuing today in Meseches and we find ourselves in Paragzayin Mishnahas, and Paraches Mishnah Aleph. So we'll be finishing the last Mishnah in chapter 7 and beginning Emeritus from the first Mishnah in chapter 8. So Mishnah Ches, Mishnah 8 in chapter 7 says as follows. So here's the following situation A person consecrated his field before the Ololos were visible. In other words, I makdish my field, I consecrate my field at an early stage in the field's maturation before we're able to tell which clusters are developed or which clusters are not developed. So then what's the halacha? In this case, again, the ololos do not belong to the poor. Now the obvious, why not? Because remember, any property that is owned by the Beis HaMikdash, anything that is hekdish, by definition, is exempt from all different types of tithes, as well as agricultural obligations to the poor. So since this field was consecrated when it was a quote-unquote young field, therefore, by the time the Ololos develop, it's already the possession of the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore the poor have no claim. However, however, if I consecrated the field, once the Ololos, once the underdeveloped clusters were already visible, thereby becoming the property of the poor, so therefore they still belong to the poor, even after I consecrate the vineyard to the base. Rabbi Yossi says, no, ultimately, again, interestingly enough, the, the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah says that halacha that lemaisa is the following situation. Even if you made your field tech, even if you consecrated your field after the olalos were recognizable, so therefore again the poor people are permitted to go ahead and take the olalos for themselves Rabbi Yossi says that halacha the poor have to pay the base hamikdash for the amount of value in the growth. Or I should say the amount of growth that the Ololos experienced between the time that the field was consecrated and the time that the poor went ahead and and the time that the poor went ahead and took the. Took the olos. In other words, let's let's illustrate this. Let's say, for argument's sake, just for way of illustration. So, on the first of Adar, on the first of Adar, I go ahead and I consecrate my field, and at that time, the ololos, right, the, the underdeveloped clusters, are visible. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, halacha l'maysa, they belong to the poor. Now, so again, the first tip in the Mishnah says they belong to the poor, and that's it. The poor are able to take them. Rabbi Yossi says, well, here's the problem. The problem is, the problem is that when the poor go ahead and ultimately collect them, there's some amount of time, for example, I consecrated the field on the first of Adar, and the poor come to collect the olalos on the first of Nisan, which means that those olalos were nourished from consecrated property for a month. So Rabbi Yossi says the poor, when they take the olalos. Have to compensate hektish have to compensate the base hektish for the amount of value they gained from the growth of the Ololos from the time it was consecrated until the time ultimately it was harvested. Very interesting. Ezuhi shichacha ba'aris. So it's an interesting case. What's the case of shichacha in vines that grow on across a wooden frame? So an aris, if you could imagine again, as a wooden frame, and you have vines that are like snaked around the frame. So what's the halach of sheikha? In other words, remember again, the halach of sheikha means I leave something, I forget something behind. So at what point in time is something considered to be left behind if it's growing on a wooden frame? shot Any time that you've moved enough, so now there is, I'm picking grapes, I moved away, I forgot something on the vine, and now I'm too far to be able to reach it with my hand. If I'm too far to be able to reach it with my hand, at that point in time it becomes shikacha. Ube ube roglios mishiyavarhemena. What about again? In this case, roglios are vines that are spread out on the ground. At what point in time do grapes left on those vines become shikacha the moment the farmer passes it by? Mishiavarhemena. Once you pass by it, halo Halach al becomes Shekhecha. Incredible. We'll on completing Perek Zayin of Meseches Peah. We now find ourselves in Perek Ches chapter 8 the final Perek of Meseches Peah. Incredible. So Mishnah Aleph Parak Ches Mishnah Aleph says as follows. Me'e Masai Kol Adem Utran baleke. This It's a very interesting case at what point in time does everyone become permitted in Leket? In other words, remember again, Leket is our stocks that are left behind. So remember again, at a certain point in time, what the Mishnah is telling me is, I have to assume the poor already went through, right? They took what they were going to take, and now whatever is left is Hefker. So really what it's asking is, at what point in time does Leket become Hefker, become ownerless, and therefore usable or collectible by anyone? Mishiyochah namushos. Once the namushos, so where are the namushos? So the Bara explains over here: Zakenim haHolkim al Antam. These are the older, older people, right? The, o- the the elderly paupers who kind of walk very slowly with their walking sticks. So because they walk slowly, and because often their eyes are trained on the ground. They often arrive last to collect any of these items. So once they've gone by, once the namushos have gone by, the elderly people who walk supported, again, so the two things. Number one, they walk slowly, so they collect anything they see. Number two, they look down. And number three, they're often the last group to come, the last group of poor to come. So once that group goes through... Anything that's left over at that point in time is considered to be hefker and anyone is permitted to go ahead and take it. Uba parrot uba ololos. What about parrot and olos? Remember again, parrot and ololos refer to items left behind or items that fall down from grapes in the vineyard. Mishiyahu be bekerem viavo. After the poor have kind of gone through the vineyard gone forward and gone back in other words once they make two trips to the vineyard back and forth at that point in time we assume anything that was going to be collected has been collected and therefore halacha lamaysa anything else is going to be hefker ubizesim what about with olives once the second rainfall comes anything left behind in the fields from olives once the second rainfall comes is considered to be hefker ownerless Rabbi Yudu says but there are some people who don't even begin to harvest their olives until after the second rainfall. So how can you say again, in order remember, all of the halachos of Leket, Shekhecha, these are all halachos that apply to harvest. So comes along Rabbi Huda and says there are some people that don't even begin to harvest their olives until after the second rainfall. How can you say that after the second rainfall, everything already becomes hefker? So Rabbi, Rabbi Huda has a different approach. Rabbi Huda says, at what point in time do the leftover olives in the field become hefker when there are so such little olives, in other words, when there are so few left behind that you aren't able to even bring four isurims worth, right? An iser is, the Barthes says, an iser is a small coin. So when when there's not even enough olives left, right? Not even four isers worth of olives left. At that point, I mean, that means pretty much the field has been picked dry. At that point in time, anything that is left will be considered hefker. Wonderful, so we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up with Mishnah Beis tomorrow in Parakras, Mishnah Beis and Gimel. Have a wonderful day.